Welcome to episode number 174, Forever Blessed. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I am here with Gabe Goose and Kevin Coleman, forever blessed. In this episode, we have special guest Kevin Coleman. The crew talks about living an overall blessed life through faith, hard work, and gratitude. We cover topics that range from defeating the odds, teamwork, mindset, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from W.T. Percusher and Max Lucado. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off, Kevin, my man, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Hey, it's uh, wonderful to be here tonight in Bristol, PA. Uh, I think you and I talked a little bit when I first getting here that I haven't been here in Bristol in quite a long time, and it's cool to see the way that this town has continued to evolve. So Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a great journey so far. Awesome, awesome. Um, okay, so for those of us who do not know who you are and what you do, let us know. So what I typically tell people when they ask me what I do, and, and sometimes it doesn't always play well, but I, I just have to say it because it's in my gut to say it. Yeah. So what I, I tell people I do is I tame lions and I do alligator wrestling and slay dragons, and, that, and <laughs> oh, that's nice. what I do. Uh, nice. And when you're, when you're at a cocktail party, people really don't know what to make of that. And, <laughs> and then when you finally say, well, I'm in commercial real estate brokerage, they say, oh, well, that's pretty boring. Right, so right, it right. sounded better the first way. Hey, I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we left that. <laughs> and then hilarious. and then they say well how do you do that and i just say circus antics <laughs> right, and right, uh, right. and then they're they're back to scratching <laughs> their heads again <laughs> that's awesome uh well you gotta have fun with it right yeah, absolutely absolutely i think life has gotten to the point where there's so many stresses in society day in and day out and people are all trying to achieve something but they have this overwhelming sense of man there's so much stuff that i have to do yeah but they don't realize that it's stuff that they get to do. Mm. And that's where I am really changing my whole perspective on life lately. There are so many things that I get to do day in and day out, and I don't have to do them. I get to do them. I love it. I love it. That's it right there, man. That's a blessed lifestyle right there. Um, All right, so so explain to us a little bit of how you got into the self-help industry. So the self-help part of what I do is really... <clears throat> very new and very secondary. Most of it is what I consider coaching my sales team that okay. I run. And then also over the years, I've done a lot of martial arts instruction and helping people that were coming into martial arts, new to martial arts, and helping them to progress along the way. Uh, but with my sales team, it's more about helping them to sort out, well, I have all these details and I'm trying to figure out how do I make more deals and how do I get deals done faster because I'm on commission and if I don't earn commission, I'm not paying my rent or my mortgage. Right. Okay, now what? Right. So with the sales team, it all comes down to how do I help you from a technical perspective? Here's what you need to know as a broker. Here's how you do it as a professional. 
but I also need to help you with your mindset mm. because every day that you walk out there, you are going to get beat up by the market, and yeah. that's just the reality of it. You could be the nicest person in the world, the best smile, the most loving human being, but the person on the other side of that door when you walk in is having a bad day, yeah. and they are going to tee off on you, <laughs> yeah. and that's just not going to help. <laughs> right. Not going to help. Right, yeah. right, right. So I, I really see it as part of my job is to say, guys, that's just going to happen. Right. Sure. Know that that's going to happen, but that's not about you. That's about that other person. Mm -hmm. But maybe, just maybe, if you can keep yourself in the right frame of mind when you're in that interaction, there might be an opportunity to pivot that. Mm -hmm. Maybe not pivot it to business, mm -hmm. but maybe pivot it so that you made that person's life just a little bit better when you leave. I like it. Or at least with some level of humor. I walked into an office one time when I was first starting out in the business and this woman said, we do not accept solicitors here. And I said, well, ma'am, unless you're going to pay me for my business card, I'm not soliciting. Right. <laughs> she looked at me and said, get out. <laughs> That's <Okay>. awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we, we talked about, we, we had a, a previous uh, person here, uh, we're speaking about sales. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you're absolutely right. And, and the three SWs that I, we learned a long time ago in sales is some will, some yeah. won't, so what? That's it. Yep. That's <laughs> you know? It. Uh, and yeah. keep going. Yeah, and absolutely. Keep, and keep going. Add that on to the end, and then you got the whole formula laid out. Right. And, and that's really what I, I see with some of my sales team members who are really advancing more quickly than some of the others is that their consistency is off the charts. Mm. They don't let anything interrupt that I know that I'm the mission that I'm building, and I'm going to get there. Mm. And they just keep going. And it's beautiful to watch that. So with those guys, it's not as much hardcore, you know, I'm your sales manager or anything. It's, all right, you're working on this deal. Do you have questions? How do I help guide you just mm -hmm. a little bit to get through some of the questions? Yeah. But otherwise, kind of stay out of their way and just know that they have the support when they need me. I love it. In, in your opinion, is it really a, a numbers game in a sense where you got to knock out your first 100 clients or you got to speak to 100 people first and eventually you're going to get it? Or is it a combination of that and your technique? Do you get better? Perfect timing on this question. Yeah. Because now that we're in December, I'm having um, annual goal review and mm -hmm. quarterly goal review meetings with, with my team members. And over the last couple of days, I've met with the first three guys that were on the list. And I had a very similar conversation, except my mindset has changed. Mm. I used to look at it as a numbers game, make 100 calls, get 10 meetings, make mm -hmm. a couple of closes. All right. But the world has changed. Mm, sure. Technology has changed. The way that people want to buy has changed. So they're not interacting in the same way that when I was in the business early on, 10, 15 years ago, it's not so different, but people aren't buying the same way. Right. So now what I'm encouraging my salespeople to do is play defense with your calendar, mm. which means you're going to time block your calendar. And if it's two hours, you're going to do that a couple times a week. And what I want you to focus on is activity. Don't even think about the number of calls, but for two hours, I'm gonna get on the phone and talk to people. Mm. If you talk to 20 people, to 10 people, to 50 people, oh, I, I don't care. I got you. But just put that time block on there and be consistent about that activity and then start to look back over a couple weeks and say, wow, I talked to 20 people this time, 22 people that time, 10 people that time. How can I either talk to a few more people each time, or how do I make the conversation that I have better? 
mm. more meaningful, driving more towards the next step. So there's a, you know, Colin Powell, greatest generals of all time, perhaps, have, has this book. And Colin Powell says, have a bias towards action. So this year, 2020, part of the 2020 vision, hashtag 2020 vision, yeah. is to all of my team members and anybody that's in sales that's hearing this, is have a bias towards action. That's my methodology that I drive people towards. I love it. Um, along with the numbers thing um, comes confidence. Yeah. Have yeah. you? How do you get someone who is lacking in the confidence area and, and, and w- at one point had it, and you know they had it, and for whatever reason they sort of kind of lost it? H- how would you build a team member up in that sense or – if, if this will help if someone who just doesn't have as much confidence as needed, do you just tell them you might need to find a different career path or is there a way you can actually adjust that? Not necessarily. I, I always would tell that person that in life, in sales, in martial arts training, in football, in athletics, in any worthy endeavor, yeah, obstacles are inherent. Mm. That's where, where we see success is through you you're dealing with the obstacles you're dealing with those short-term failures and for some people that can impact their confidence yeah and you know i'm i could be just as subject to that as anybody but what i've always found is that everybody's a different style and for some people if your style is not to be outgoing and energized you might connect with the kind of person who wants a more laid back, quiet salesperson. Yeah. And that's going to resonate with some people. Yeah. And some people don't like the guy that's press hard, you're making three copies. That style just doesn't always play. Yeah. Especially in contemporary society, people are looking for a more, more social engagement when they're going to buy. And they're looking for somebody that's a real knowledge market expert. Mm. So if you can demonstrate that in a quiet way, some people are really going to resonate with that. That's amazing because huh. uh, just this past week, uh, we came across, well, I came across uh, someone who, um, in residential real estate, who had a realtor that was, I guess, a, a little bit more aggressive in their approach. Yeah. And it totally was that person's personality, right? Right. And so then that person, <clears throat> here, here's where the, the, the sticky part came in. That person was recommending this realtor to very i guess shy people maybe not as yeah and i'm telling you them two now butt heads and is <laughs> wow. and is met and the one's embarrassed because she's like i i don't know what to say i i i can't use this guy he's right. just, i made he's this recommendation and, yeah oh man yeah. yeah and so now they're both feel bad <laughs> and it's just like it, you know it is what it is you guys i think what they both need to realize is obviously the intention was in in a positive it came from a good spot or a good area in their heart um but sometimes it just doesn't work. And, and, and you're absolutely right. It's just find that person that fits really yeah. you. Yeah. And they're going back to the sort of first part of the question is what happens also if somebody uh, maybe even lost some confidence because of mm. some things that have happened. Uh, that's where, you know, you really need to kind of come alongside them and, and say, well, let's talk about what did happen. Yeah. You know, in some way this has traumatized you. And we've all had those moments in life where, things just haven't gone well and that's going to happen. Yeah. So being able to assess that and embrace that and in a very practical way say, okay, well this happened. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen every single time. It doesn't mean that I am, 
you know, and a total failure, it means that I had a failure in this instance. Yeah, yeah. And and really making it practical at that level, rather than you know, in some grander way about my life story is now tied to this one moment. Right, right. No, that's that's a little. That's a lot yeah. to put on yourself. Right, sure. right. All right, so let's 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 switch things up. Uh, you know, we're talking about forever blessed. Blessed lifestyle brand is you know what we what we basically preach: faith, hard work, and gratitude. That's what the number three is in the uh, word blessed. How how do you find that the that that you know thought process resonates with you? How, how does that resonate with you? The faith, hard work, gratitude. Yeah, I'd love to, to tell you a little bit about uh, my background, looking at uh, my background through the lens of those, of those three, three ideas, those three principles, really. Absolutely. And so I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, not too far from here, yeah. and um, single mother. Uh, I had a great stepdad. My father was still in the picture, so it wasn't like I was just left out there to figure a lot of things out. In fact, because of having a stepdad, a dad, a martial arts instructor, a next door neighbor. There was an old school Italian guy that wow. knew there was a little kid next door that uh, I didn't have any room for right. messing up. I <laughs> right, <started. laughs> right. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I stepped this, you know, one toe out of line and <laughs> there was somebody that was going to be there <laughs> right, to, right. to step in pretty quickly. Sure. So right from the get go, you know, while some people would say having, you know, parents that were divorced, would be a crutch that would be something that was you know a terrible burden but no that was actually the first part where i saw the work ethic of my mother i saw the work ethic of my stepfather my father the old italian guy next door who yeah. with a third and this man remains an inspiration his godfather to me but he with a third grade education would read the newspaper every day and by the time he was getting ready to retire he had two used car dealerships a bunch of uh, property that he owned for investment Wow! and just a street smart guy that hustled every single day. I love it. So this man, Tommy Bellardino, rest in peace. He is the exemplification of hard work and yeah. hustle. Yeah. And he really put that into my soul from the business person sense. He'd always say to me, and I never did it because I was young and in 20 something and stupid, right. but it was like, Kevin, I want you to go along the drive around and when you see an old bicycle laying there, go pick it up. Yeah. Bring it back. We're going to fix it up and we're going to sell it. Yeah. What am I going to go and do that for? Tommy, you're nuts. But he was right though. Yeah. He yeah. was right. Today, people are taking a used bicycle, fixing right. up, and they're selling it on eBay for big money. Sure. Right. Right. So and true. He was way ahead of his time. <laughs> right, he yeah. was just going to put the little ad in the paper. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was also something that we could have been doing together. And uh, I really, I really regret that I didn't do that with him. Sure. But. It was that lesson, that demonstration of every single day he was out there hustling. Yeah. You know, when he was a young kid, he would go and set up a fruit stand so that he could help to feed his family, his wow. brothers and sisters. Wow. And that is a work ethic that is just always been kind of a part of me. And I know that I'm never going to be at that level of it. Sure. But I'm still inspired by it. Mm -hmm. And it still serves as a constant reminder that if you think you got it hard, you don't. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you think you're working hard, maybe you aren't. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's hilarious. Because he had nothing, you know, right. and, yeah. and, he, and he built it from his bootstraps. That's awesome. Um, now, you mentioned a couple times that you were involved in martial arts. Um, one thing that I'm always, always fascinated, and I don't know why it's the first thing that pops up in my head. I don't know if it was something someone might have said to me when I was a kid. 
maybe a movie I watched. But the first thing I always think of uh, when someone who's seriously into martial arts is discipline. Mm. How has, uh, in, in, you know, in, in your experience, how has discipline, being a disciplined person, whether it's in martial arts, in life, in business, um, in your relationships, how has that affected you, helped you, um, and, and actually you know, provide growth in your life? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to answer on the reverse side of it. Okay. I'm going to tell you that when I have allowed myself to step away from being disciplined in areas of my life, whether that is in uh, physical fitness, continuing with martial arts training, uh, doing the right things that I need to be doing to make sure that I'm selling when I'm out there working, uh, growing in my personal faith, growing in my relationship with my wife, growing in my relationship with my friends. Yeah. When I stop being disciplined in all of those areas is when amazingly the wheels start to come off the bus. Right, right. Not so surprising, but and gee, well, I thought I was doing okay here. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really the discipline. Um, it, Jocko Willink is a is a great uh, writer, podcaster, coach, and he says he's a former Navy SEAL, and Jocko Willink says that discipline equals freedom mm. because it's by discipline that you maintain your lifestyle that allows you to accomplish the things that you want to do, but also allows you to maintain better physical health, which in turn allows you to be more productive, mm. which then allows you, oh, I've been more productive, so I have the resources if I want to take that family vacation. But without that discipline, I don't have the resources to do the things that I want to do. Wow. So discipline is something that I know that for myself, a few years back, I really fell off the wagon, mm-hmm. and I see the results of that. Sure. But I also see the results of it very quickly mm-hmm. when I get back into high gear and get back into the focus mode again. Absolutely. I love it. Um, now, there, there's a book out there. I believe it's called Dream Manager. I think the author is Matthew Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, haven't, I haven't read it in a long time. But he talks about setting goals and i was part of you know an organization that actually brought in the dream management team so to speak and it was a question that i had asked kind of not in a you know being cheeky uh but i've asked it before right because we all we always talk about dreaming big mm. right and and setting goals so the whole point was uh you talked about the 2020 vision and and you know what you have to set aside for your guys my question to him and, and i i asked this a lot is when do you know or how do you gauge how big of a goal one should or should not have, right? Um, so, because I got caught up between saying, oh, dream big, dream big. And yeah, I got so lofty that I literally didn't even believe it that was going to happen. But I thought that, that uh, that's what I was supposed to do because the people around me who are also setting goals were exceeding what my initial goal was. Uh, the funny part was I almost can guarantee if I kept my initial goal that would have built my belief system a little bit more, I could have probably got to that much loftier goal. What, what do you tell your guys uh, or, or, or even yourself when you want to set that big vision, but you don't want to overwhelm yourself where you don't even believe it either? Yeah, yeah. And, and as we're looking at 2020, I've been having these conversations with some of the guys on the team. Yeah. And one of the guys was pretty hesitant to even put kind of a, a number out there of what he wanted to try to achieve for the year. And one of the guys said, well, do you, do you think I could kind of bump that number up a bit? And my answer across the board for 
everybody as you're looking at setting goals is the goal should be big enough that you've got to reach for it. Mm. It should be big enough that it excites you and motivates you and inspires you. Yeah. That it gives you a little bit of fire in your heart and soul, but it should also not be so big that, okay, it is just on another planet and it's so far <laughs> beyond because then if I only get a fraction of the way, now I feel like I failed. Yeah. And now I'm demotivated. Now my confidence is shot. And now I'm just not really going to want to go back and engage that next day. Okay. Right. So what I tell guys is set something that is realistic, a little bit of a reach. And your job by the end of the year is to blow that number out of the water. Mm. Yeah. That's the right attitude that I'd like to see from, from my team. And really for anybody that's setting a goal, I, I think that uh, in my personal life, I have some goals that I'm working towards. And, you know, being able to look at that and say, well, all right, there's a vision of it. But then you may have seen like some of these things on LinkedIn or, or mm. Facebook where you kind of have expectation reality. Yeah, yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. All right, but it's maybe, hilarious. but maybe somewhere in between the two, there's something that you call this is what I'm shooting for, right? And and I think that's that's what I I've tried to get to is where it's realistic, but it's going to make me stretch. And this morning I was talking with a friend of mine, and I was saying I want a goal that's big enough that I have to grow on the track and the walk to get there, mm. but I also want the goal that as I'm going, I kind of keep moving that goalpost a little bit. Right, 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 right. That's awesome. Um, so, so living the blessed lifestyle and, 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 you know, you, you touched upon it a little bit, uh, by your neighbor, uh, Tommy with the hard work. Do you, do you believe in, and I get different answers every time. That's why I love this question in healthy competition, where I remember when we, when we were in our sales team, um, we would all set goals and every week we would post how we did the following week. Now, for us, we would say if that wasn't for someone, I, we either you got to get used to that because that was just part of the process, part of their process, this sale, this specific sales team. Um, but for a lot of us, it was almost it brought us back to being back in sports, like in high school or whatever it was. And it was just like that healthy. It was healthy. I thought competition. I'm like, oh man, he had he had one more recruitment than I did. I'm gonna I'm gonna get two next week. And it wasn't like and we would encu- we would encourage each other. Right. We would clap for your results. We would be we would be excited for you, not jealous, not the other way. That's where it was. It, that's what made it fun. I think. And no matter how small the whatever thing you accomplished, it was. It was like you celebrated that no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's um, there is definitely a really healthy dynamic to being competitive and having some competitive competitiveness in your soul. Where the problem can come in for people is when you start measuring your own achievement purely in the context of somebody else's achievement. Sure. Mm, absolutely. So where I think it's really healthy is I'm looking to outperform what I've done. Yes. And I'm competing against myself first and foremost. Then if I want to try and, you know, run circles around my other sales team members or in, in an athletic setting or whatever it is, that's where, yeah, sure, have a little fun with it. Uh, in my sales team, we have a little competition for, you know, who's going to get the next listing by X date or whatever it is. So there, there's a little bit of that, but it's not centered around, you know, Oh well, this guy did that, so uh, 
so much for you. Right, you know, right, we, right, we, right. We don't want it to be that kind no, of no, thing. No, not at all. And we never want somebody and anybody I'm working with in any way, I never want them to think about it in terms of, man, I don't have what that person has or that person yeah. has. Because otherwise, you will absolutely drive yourself insane and gratitude disappears. Absolutely. Mental health disappears. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So kind of you should be your own competition first and foremost. That's it. That's it. And always looking uh, to build up your own life. What am I working on building? And I have a drive to go out there every day and fight hard to do that mm. rather than, oh, man, I'm, I'm competing against the guy next to me. No, forget about the guy next to you. Look straight down the pipe, you know, and stay focused on what you're building. Absolutely. Earlier, we were having a conversation about uh, organizations and, and, you know, one organization is bigger than the next and bigger than the next. And everyone has standards. And, uh, you know, we always talk about, you know, you, you are who you, you know, who you hang around with, uh, you know, day in and day out. And I, I recently heard an interview uh, with, with a 49ers quarterback who started his career uh, as a Patriot. And he thought that he was a very disciplined person. Uh, he's like, I ate well. I exercised daily. Um, I did all the things I was supposed to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a professional athlete. I'm getting paid. Until he met a person by the name of Tom Brady. <laughs> and he blew his socks off. He could not. He said, I, I didn't even know football players did the things that he did in the way this guy was so disciplined and it set him at a, it set his standard higher in a positive way uh now this quarterback's doing fantastic in the league but he was saying you know that was you know one of the goats he learned from one of the greatest of all time um what's what's your thought on that yeah i <laughs> i can see how you know when you and you see yourself as all right well i'm working in this and i'm i'm working on that and i'm all right, I'm, I'm bench pressing more or I'm, I'm running a mile further or swimming an extra five laps or whatever your, your metric is. And then you, you talk to that person and say, oh, yeah, I get all that done before 8 a.m. <laughs> oh, great. Good. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Oh, jerk. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. But, hilarious. But we have a, a gentleman who just joined our sales team uh, by the name of Phil Costa, Phil played uh, starting center for the Dallas Cowboys for four years. And, so awesome. And it's it, way awesome to have him on the team. He's got a great attitude, a great mindset. And I asked him, you know, so Phil, what, being in professional football, you know, that's got to be crazy as you try to keep up with everything physically. And, and he said, I'll tell you, the guys that are playing professional football, anything they can do to get that little like 1% edge mm. over the other players – in terms of performance, it matters at that level. Wow. For you and I, all right, 1% better today or tomorrow, okay, whatever. Sure. But at that level, there's such highly tuned athletes that that 1% edge means everything. That is amazing. And Uh, then he also told me, I asked him, so, you know, you play on Sunday, what's Monday morning like? Like I got hit by a truck. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, You know, going back to, you know, speaking to your sales team, how do you get them to buy into? Because I know a lot of organizations, it kind of has that little trickle down effect. My goals lead into your goals. Your goals lead into our leaders' goals. Our leaders' goals leads into you know the owners. Let's just say, is that how it works for you? You kind of have individual goals, or does it kind of fit your you know your um, 
you know, your strategic plan for the following year? I'm, I'm happy to talk a little bit about it. I mean, I can't get too many particulars, but what I can tell you is our organization is a small firm. Sure. You know, we're, we're not one of the big firms that's publicly traded or anything like that. Yeah. We have a team of 25 people, uh, 15 are brokers. We cover central, southern New Jersey, center city Philly, Philly suburbs. Nice. Even as far up as like Lehigh Valley. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, so we cover pretty big, mm-hmm. pretty big stretch. But all of the goals that the people have are their own goals for production. Nice. Mm-hmm. And my job is to work with them to, you know, work towards those goals and smash the goals. Absolutely. Hopefully. That's, that's what we're after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the goals that we have, it doesn't really feed into a bigger thing other than, uh, to some extent, my compensation is tied to what they do. But what I am really after is being able to say, as a sales manager, look at what I did with this team. Absolutely. Look at what I did. This is, I had the opportunity to work with these guys. Some of them, at this point, some of them only have a little over a year's worth of experience. Mm -hmm. But they're already crushing it because they bring, they're almost all athletes in some form or another. Uh, One gentleman plays lacrosse still. Another one's coaching lacrosse, was a Duke lacrosse guy. Uh, professional baseball player that transitioned in in real estate. I mean, just great athletic background, Syracuse football player and so on and so forth. Uh, But the way that people look at their goals individually, uh, sometimes they're a little hesitant to kind of say, oh, this is what I'm going to do. But ultimately, it's really about helping them to understand that by you hitting that goal, everything else in your life gets to open up more. Mm. You get more choices because when you hit that goal, now you can take the economic rewards of that. And if you want to go and buy a bigger house, renovate your current house, if you want to go and do more charity work, if you want to go and be involved in uh, a country club or whatever it is you want to go and do, now you've got the resources to go and do that. And that came off the sweat of your own back. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, is it true for you at least uh there's there's you know it's all over written history uh it it almost seems like the universe operates in a way that it helps those who are helping themselves um and this is very true for you know uh, just life in general when you see a kid on the corner selling lemonade or something like that it's like you know what um I want to help him because he, he has that mindset. He's like, oh, he, he's trying to earn that money. So what do you do? You stop, you jump out of your car or whatever it is, give him a dollar or ha- whatever he's charging, you know, and maybe not even take the lemonade. You just do it just because. But if that kid was just standing on the corner, you wouldn't have stopped and give him a dollar, right? Right. And so it, it's interesting. So it's like, it's almost like you're helping the person mm-hmm. who's almost helping themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, regardless of sometimes what their intentions is because you don't necessarily know that. Um do, do you find that true? Do you find, um, or even in, in sports where the coach is always like harder on probably the best player on the team because you know their full potential and you're like, dude, you're going to be better than what you even could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, I know for, 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 for my kid, I know I see him doing certain things and then I kind of challenge him. And then I step back. I'm like, I would, we would have never had that interaction if he hadn't done X, Y, and Z. It's amazing. Uh, but since you're there, let me help you. This is what you probably should do. Do you find yourself doing that? Yeah. I see every single day. Um, I'm going to go in two different ways with this. But from, from the sales team side of it, I see the people that are coming to me with really good questions. And they're really trying to take their 
commercial real estate brokerage practice to the next level. They're yes. trying to get deals done faster. They're trying to win new business. And every single day I see them out there focused. So when I do have that opportunity that crosses my desk and I've got to give it to somebody, yes. who are the people that I see really putting themselves out there? Absolutely. It's, chances are it's going to be that unless geographically it's got to go to so-and-so sure, for sure. the right reason. Sure. But I, I do want to reward the person that is putting themselves out there and is digging into life and getting after it. On the other side of it, you know, this to me ties a little bit into faith. Yes. So you are stepping out in faith. This little kid that's on the street corner, Tommy Bellardino, going and getting fruit yeah. and going to the farmer's market. But in the Bible, I, I always, always go back to if you had faith but the size of a mustard seed, mm-hmm. you would say to that mountain, get up and move, and it would go, and you will be amazed by the things that you will do. Mm-hmm. And I know that those words were not spoken lightly. Those words were not spoken as throwaway words. And it wasn't just, oh, this is what's going to allow you to go and, and share my message after I'm dead. No. This is for you to live your life here and now also in this moment right now today. So I always go back to that. Wow. That's That's powerful. Yeah. um, It's amazing, right? And then it makes you even question like the stuff that you thought you had faith in. It was like, well, if it's the size of a... Look up how big a mustard seed is for those of you who do not understand or know what it is, a tiny, tiny seed. Yeah. so, so it's amazing. Exactly. And from another kind of faith perspective, there's, there's a gentleman by the name of Dave Meltzer who's a great um, sports marketing guy and, yes. and so forth. And Dave always says, you know, there's enough power in your thumb to light up the city of Philadelphia. So I, and the mustard seed is smaller than your thumb. It's amazing. And that is real faith. If, you know, just that little bit, people really had it, man, they would be doing things way different. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so the third component um, of, of being forever blessed is gratitude. For me, gratitude um, and just being thankful for, regardless of what your results are, being thankful for them. Because if they're the results that you wanted, awesome. If they're the results that you did not want, time to learn right? Time to grow. Yeah. It's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful position to be in. Um, you know, just prior, you know, while I was getting a haircut, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with my brother and I was telling him a situation that didn't come together. It came together in a negative way for me, totally unexpected. But had I done a little bit more digging, I should have known X, Y, and Z was going to happen. So I could be sitting around, you know, with smoke coming out of my ears for the next two and a half weeks, or I can say, hey, it is what it is. I mean, if that's, you know, if that's a policy, that's a policy. And, you know, now I know, keep it, keep it moving. But now I'm going to grow from that. But you're not going to play me the next time. Now I know. Right. Now, you, now you've got that real life experience that you're going to internalize it and, and actualize in your own life with it. Absolutely. And in your career, right? In, yes. In your business. And that's, that's the ideal. Yeah. Uh, but thinking about gratitude, I had a conversation this morning uh, with Mike Mamola, who I think was one of your, Absolutely. your guests here not so long ago. We love Mike. And Mike and I were, were talking, and I, and I told him that I was really interested in, in speaking more about the gratitude part of things. Because for the last several weeks, I've tried to get myself into the habit every single morning where... 
phone is face down on the far side of the bedside table. Mm. So I really have to stretch to reach it. So I don't. Mm. And the first thing I do, I'm awake, but before my eyes are even open. Okay, you're awake. Step one, thank you. Hmm. I'm awake. I'm alive. Absolutely. There's another day. There's something I'm supposed to get done that, okay, I'm still here. My feet hit the floor. I take a couple of steps. Wait a minute. My legs are carrying me where I want to go. Great. I'm alive. Thank you. Absolutely. So I have legs that get me where I want to go. I have another day to try and get after it with my own plan, what I'm trying to achieve. Go work with my sales team. Figure out what my wife and I are working on, whatever that is. But, wow, I have another day. Absolutely. And now I get to do things. I don't have to do things. Absolutely. I love that. Um, can you explain a little bit of maybe where that mindset uh, came from sure. or um, how it's developed over the years? So, so you know, we know you had, um, you know, s- some, you want to talk about your health? You know, yeah, or, definitely. Happy to, happy to talk about that. So I had, um, in some ways, some people say, man, that's a terrible situation. But it, of a terrible situation, I kind of had the best of it. Um, I, had, I was diagnosed my second semester senior year in college. I was at Muhlenberg in Allentown, and uh, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer, same conditions as Lance Armstrong, wow. except I caught it a lot sooner than he did, so it didn't go up to my brain or anything, but I still had to have surgery for lymph node removal and, and chemo, and um, at the time, it became a tool for me to say, okay, this happened, why? Well, you're probably never going to know why, so you're going to drive yourself nuts trying to figure that out. Right. But you're here. Yes. You're here. So start with that. And that was kind of the beginning of it. But then interestingly, it's amazing how quickly we humans forget things Mm. and how quickly we allow, oh, well, I'm not doing exactly what I want, or I didn't achieve exactly what I wanted here or there. You dummy, what are you talking about? So true. You're alive. So true. You have a body that's taking you where you want it to go. So start building again. Mm. But I, and the reason I said that I had the best of the situation is because I was the second semester of my senior year in college, I was hanging out with my fraternity buddies. I was hanging out with sorority girls. I was in the hospital that was just down the road. The sorority girls came and visited me at the hospital. (laughs) It just wasn't so bad. Right, 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 right. I totally had the opportunity to make the best of it. (laughs) Sure, sure. But again, being humans, as time goes by, you allow that memory to to fade. And you stop. Oh, wait a minute. Jeez, yeah, that, that was really amazing that I had that opportunity in life to learn that. And I really should refer back to that like oh yeah let's let's go back to oh yeah there it is you know <laughs> right, let's, right. let's go back to page one right, right. You know, your life kind of started in in a different way at that time because of that experience mm. your life isn't made because of it yeah but it was it is probably one of the most perfect reminders for gratitude in uh, a more emotional sense absolutely but in the practical sense for me uh, that time in my life was also something where uh, I would go and I would get chemo and I was specifically grateful for the fact that I didn't have to get radiation done. Yeah. 
because uh, I saw the people that go and they get radiation treatment and these mm. burn marks and mm-hmm. you know it was just sore and worn out and 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 I didn't have to do that. Right. I you know my stomach was upset all the time because of the meds that they give you, but man, I didn't have to deal with what a lot of people had to go through. With Absolutely. That. So I was very grateful for that. Too. Absolutely, that's awesome. Um, so me and my brothers really do live the blessed life. Um, and, and we're constantly sending, sending each other uh, text messages, quotes, uh, tagging each other and post social media, like yeah. po- positive stuff. And my brother Miguel had sent us uh, something uh, by a, uh, a comedian. You guys may know him by the name of Steve Harvey. And, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. He, um, after, he, ha- he has a, a, a myriad of shows, but after most of his shows or in between breaks, he loves to give these little snippets of motivational talks and uh every once in a while it gets caught and someone posts it um and it's fantastic and one of the things he said is super basic right uh and of course he said uh you know he he derived this from either the bible or some self-help book that he read but it's the most basic thing positive thoughts are going to be bring positive results negative thoughts are going to bring negative results so Tying that into the gratitude aspect um, is almost like you could have been there and, and sat at that hospital bed and been like, oh my gosh, woe is me, you feeling bad for yourself, look what I, but you just said it right now, thank God I didn't get radiation. I could have been, you know, you know, in a, in a worse, you know, situation like X, Y, and Z or what you were seeing. You turned it into you just being grateful when most people sitting there at, you know, you just got diagnosed with cancer are not necessarily thinking, not saying that you were thrilled by the whole situation, but you, you dealt with the reality. This is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think in, in day-to-day life, people in society today have many expectations about the things that they want to have. So when they encounter things that come up in life that are not even uncomfortable, but downright painful for them Mm. because I can't have that thing. It's difficult to remain grateful for what they do have. It's difficult to remain grateful for what, what they can still have or still can take their lives in a certain direction. Yes. Uh, and this is, I wrote this down, so I'll share it, but yes, please. Um, GK Chesterton says when it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or you take them with gratitude. Mm. And I like that. It. I've never heard that. That is a beautiful quote. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just saw this the other day. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm logging yeah, this one in. Definitely. I'm going to bring this one along. But it, it's so true that, you know, people, you know, I woke up this morning and I didn't have to stop and say thank you if I allowed myself to just go on with my day. Oh, man, I got to check my phone right away first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And no, wait a minute. You, you're alive. You're yes. breathing. Yes. Your feet hit the floor. Yes. Your eyes open. I you, love it. I had a roof over my head. I was in a warm bed, not out on a cold street. That's a lot. Absolutely. I say this all the time. So some, some people are saying, oh, I got to be thankful for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I got to say thank you. No, 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 no. That's, that's not necessarily what it is. How about this? Think of it, think of it in, a, in a very materialistic way. Let's say your entire life or for a good portion of it, you wanted... Um, I don't know, let's just say a, a specific kind of car, right? And you knew exactly what it would take to get that car. So right. the next five years, you plan, you save, and you get your little dream car, and it's and it's everything you always wanted. You're like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. But going back to your story uh, with the cancer, and you're saying it's unbelievable how quick we forget. 
It is. All of a sudden, here's where gratitude comes in, right? So now, what you know, the first two weeks, what is that person doing with that brand new Corvette, right? They're cleaning it. That thing has air fresheners in. There's armor all on the seats. You're sliding off. You have so much armor all. You know what I mean? And then about, you know, the, the average person, I would say, within a year or so, they're not doing that anymore. All of a sudden, they just it, it just kind of lost its, I don't know, shine or pizzazz or whatever it was. And that there it is right there. H- how do you know you're grateful? Now you're driving around this dirty old car that you wanted for your entire life, and now you're not even cleaning it. You're not giving it its r- routine maintenance. Um, and we do that with our bodies. We do that with our minds. We do that with our relationships. Um, we do that with our spouses. You know, we wanted this dream girl our whole lives. We finally get her. We marry her. And then, we, you know, she's just a friend to you after a while. I was like, <laughs> oh, dude, what's up with that, right? Yeah. And there goes the gratitude part. If you're thankful, you would treat her better. If you're thankful, you would treat your car better or, or whatever what, it is, yeah, your health, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. And, you know, it also ties back to the hard work and the discipline conversation we were having earlier yes. because now, okay, you, you have that healthier sense of gratitude a stronger sense of gratitude but you have to engage the hard work and the discipline 100 percent, and the consistency and 100%. that's that that little difference maker because okay i i have the gratitude and then i forget and the discipline goes out the window the hard work goes out the window yes mm-hmm. but if i were staying consistent with that totally different story 100 percent. totally different experience of it i love it so let me ask you something. There's a, there's a little trick that I use in my email system, my little outlook there, for not forgetting important things. For example, um, I have a team myself, and, and I like to put on when their birthday is, but I put out, you know, an outlook, it gives you the opportunity to put, like, remind me 24 hours ahead of time so I can kind of prepare if I want to bring that person, you know, right. a little something. Right. So now I have the opportunity uh, to not miss that moment because once uh, something like a birthday, once that comes and goes, you miss it. You could say happy belated all you want. Uh, it's not the <laughs> yeah. same. You, you know got to I mean? wait till next year now. <laughs> yeah. It's gone. Right, it's gone. exactly. <laughs> and I even gotten to the point where I trigger, you know, alarms in my phone. Um, I, I block out time in literally in my calendar, in my outlook saying call such and such because, you know, at a time where I, the idea popped in my head. It wasn't probably the best time to call X, Y, and Z because they're either in a meeting or I had a meeting and it just wasn't appropriate. And so I didn't miss that opportunity and I stayed consistent because I had that, you know, little reminders or things that people can do or maybe something you can do similar to that so that you can stay on track and be an effective, efficient person who's persistent and consistent. I always am looking for you know, the the simplest, clearest tools that I can use. Absolutely. And Bruce Lee coming to the rescue here, but he said the height of cultivation runs to simplicity. Mm. So if you can find tools that are simple and clear and they allow you to do what you need to do and want to do and yes. choose to do. Yes. That's fantastic. So whether it's the Outlook thing or, or you have an app on your phone or other tools that are keeping you in a very practical way on target that you know, now I don't have to worry about becoming less consistent. I just have to follow you know, the bouncing red ball. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> just keep following that, wake up and follow that, and I'm good to go. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I know that you know, for some of my team members and other people that I just know outside of my professional life, I, I look at them and say, man, you're, 
you're so capable. How did you miss this or that? Right, right, How did right. You, wait, I, I don't even get that. But yet, ask yourself the same question. Yeah. How did you miss this or that? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. because you didn't put the tools and the systems in place to make sure that you're using the tools that you've given yourself mm-hmm. to be able to go and do those things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and where did that come from for me? It, well, f- first of all, I'm always constantly trying to work on myself the best, you know, the best that I can to become a better version of myself. But going back to just getting burned, right, and it, getting a learning experience, um, I walked into work one day and everyone had these gifts. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And it was someone's birthday, and it was very special for them, I guess. And it was like one of milestone. Yeah, it was like a milestone number or something like that. (laughs) And I remember, luckily, you know, luckily, I worked at a um, at a place that had an area where you can purchase a couple random things. But the funny part was. I, it looked like that's what I did, right? <laughs> so I, I think I made the situation worse, where it's like, I know you just bought that at the store right around the corner. There's no way, like, there's no thought brought into that. Right, right. When it's it a was, trinket at that point. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, I was better off not doing that. Um, and so it was kind of things like that, or I missed a very important meeting and or phone call, and I burned myself. It's not their fault. It's my fault. It's my responsibility. So it kind of goes back, whether it's an app or whatever it is, but here's the thing. You have to learn from those things, right? So mm-hmm. next year, I can't be mad or the next person who has that milestone anniversary or birthday or whatever it is, I can't be mad if everyone in the department shows up with something and, not, and I did not, right? It was like I already had that experience. Right. And God's thrown it back in my way because I did, clearly I didn't learn the first time. Right. Until the lesson is learned, it's repeated. <laughs> exactly. Right? And Sometimes it's repeated with a little bit more gusto. Right. Hopefully right. not. <laughs> right. Hopefully not. But sometimes right. that, that works out that way. Absolutely. And, you know, I've seen people that have repeated a lot of experiences in life because they've either chosen not to learn from that or they never had the forethought or they never had the experience of someone telling them in a gentle way. But, you know, what just happened here? Do you, do you think that might be some kind of a lesson in your life? Yes. That there's something for you to draw from there. And if more people could ask that of somebody else in a gentle way, not in a critical way or not in a judgmental way, but look, I'm, I'm here to help you. Yeah. And if you can look at this experience and draw from that, you might be able to take your life up to the next level. Yeah. Do you want to do that? Are you willing to do that? Right. It's funny that you say that. Um someone showing you the way or, or pointing something out for you. Uh, as a kid, I remember we used to go a lot to uh, flea markets with my dad, whether it was just being a vendor or purchasing stuff ourselves. So what happened one day was I earned some money. Um, I woke up at whatever it was, three in the morning with my dad, drove down to Philly. We sold some stuff. Uh, it was all just you know house items that we no longer use. But he paid me for the day. I forget exactly what it was. I don't know, five, ten bucks. I forget. I was probably eight years old. So, so now we packed up the truck. He parked it out of the vendor thing, and we kind of walk back to see, you know, who else is out there? Is there anything we, you know, might want to, you know, get? We have a little bit of money in our pockets, and we're feeling good. So I walk around and never forget. It was a Nintendo game, or yeah, it was a Nintendo game, and uh, it was one that I wanted. And I remember getting extremely excited, like, Dad, Dad, oh my God, this is the one I was looking for, this is fantastic. Got so amped up. 
so my dad goes, my dad's just staring at me, and I'm like, this dude is not excited with me right now. <laughs> I've been talking about this game all day long. Like, I'm telling him, dad, if I get the chance, what, what, you know, and the guy, the vendor is looking at me, and he's like, uh, you want that game? He goes, I go, yeah. He's like, 15 bucks. Now, meanwhile, this game was not even worth 15 bucks. I mean, you couldn't even buy it in the store. You could probably have bought it in the store for 15 bucks, and you would have got a receipt at least. So my dad just grabs me by the neck. He's like, come on. And uh, I'm like, what's going on? I got like watery eyes. I'm like, it's a game I've been talking about. He's like, you know how much that guy would have uh, sold you that game for? What his intentions on selling you that game was? I said, no. He said, $5. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, you ruined it by being so excited. And he knew as being a kid and I'm your dad, he probably thought that this dad's going to buy his kid whatever this kid wants out of that excitement. He's like, you ruined that sale. And I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. He's like, never. Ex he's like, you exposed yourself. Now, you're talking to an eight-year-old. I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? <laughs> now, guess what I did the following? You become... Um, you start learning from these things. So I now I had my 10 bucks and the following week, it wasn't the same vendor the following week. I saw two games that I wanted zero emotion in my face. I walk up, I look at them. Those are nice games. I kind of walk away, walking away. I'm like, Oh, excuse me, sir. How much are those two games over there? So I'm not even holding them. He's like, ah, uh, Oh, what do you want? Give me, take both for five bucks. Mind you, it was including that same yeah, game I yeah. wanted the week before and an additional and game another one. for $5, right? And I showed zero interest in these things. Like, oh, my God, this kid doesn't even want these games. You know, it's <laughs> late. I got to get out of here. I got to show my wife I made something. And uh, But it was one of those key things that I showed you. And, and I don't know how someone can use that or apply that, uh, but it was a lesson learned. I'm, I'm saying it for the sake of you got to learn from these things. Yeah, you, you do. People... Uh, that I've seen repeat mistakes and sometimes even worse degree than it was the first time. <laughs> and <laughs> I've and, done that. Yeah. And, and I've yeah. tried to sometimes say to people, cause I've like, Hey, made plenty of my own mistakes. And sure. now I, I step back and say, all right, can we rewind the tape on my, on my own life here and look at any other lessons that maybe I can try to start to learn before I get down the down the field again and and run headlong into this problem, yeah. but I don't do that enough. Right, of course right. not. You know, sure. that would, that would make way too much sense. Sure, sure. Uh, but I am trying to do that now in life, and I'm trying to to build some of that in. Uh, which again, being grateful for the experience initially, for sure. Oh, I'm grateful for that lesson. Hopefully, I'm internalizing that correctly to not repeat it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, but sometimes people, when I go to them to say, you know, do you, how do you feel about that? They're like, it's my life. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, it's your life. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, so I like asking this next question to our guests because um, it gives our, our listeners, and obviously myself selfishly, a little insight on what makes certain people tick, why, um, and, and, you know, a lot of people can use this. Explain to us or, or, you know, give a little description on what your motivation is. What motivates you? What's your motivation to get up every single day, to keep pushing, go further? You are, as you mentioned, when you get up, you're highly grateful uh, for that opportunity. Now, what are you going to do with it? Right. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot there. There's a lot to unpack with that. Yeah. So. Uh, I want to start with uh, something that I heard um, 
only a few years ago, and it was a it was something that Pope Benedict the Sixteenth said. He said, "You were not made for comfort; you were made for greatness." Wow. And he, on one hand, is referring to that in in a, in a religious sense, but again, even people who are religious are living in a day to day life. So. Not words spoken lightly. He's talking about real life here. So taking that and saying, well, what have you achieved or what have you not achieved so far in your life and in your business? And what is the life that my wife and I are looking to build, the lifestyle that we want to have? Absolutely. And part of that plan for us is not being in New Jersey and it's looking further west yeah this summer we had the opportunity to go out west for the first time to visit uh some of my wife's family at a wedding out in wyoming yeah and we flew into billings montana rented a car drove down to sheridan wyoming where the wedding was and then drove from there to rapid city south dakota where other friends of ours had just moved and then back to sheridan back up to billings and flew home but it was the first time in that part of the country and seeing the mountains and seeing skies that just go on forever. Wow. Air that was cleaner, skies that were a little bit bluer, yeah. people that were friendlier than the Northeast, I dare say. <laughs> uh, seeing people who were interacting with one another in small towns. You know, some of the towns were a lot like Bristol, you know, kind of along a river like this. Absolutely. And, but they still had this beautiful downtown walking feel to it. And people are just friendly and, inter- and interacting with one another. Where in the Northeast, you go up to somebody, hey, how are you today? What, what's up? You know, Wait a minute, whoa. <laughs> a little more distant there. <laughs> a little, little, little more of a question mark there. But we, my wife and I decided that within the next few years, our plan is to find a way to relocate out west, wherever that is. And we mm-hmm. don't have a, a specific target yet, but somewhere west of the Mississippi, let's say, sure. where the skies get bigger and build you know, that kind of uh, family estate, family home, and put some business interests in place that allow us to live there. I'll come back from time to time, you know, a week out of the month, two weeks out of the month, whatever it is, continue doing some stuff here, but from a much bigger perspective, our long-term goal is to be out of New Jersey and away from the Northeast. I love it. And there's just so much out there to explore, and we mm-hmm. want to see more of it. Absolutely. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, awesome. So, so to, to piggyback on that question that I always ask is what's a tip or, or what's something that you use uh, to, to kind of manage the work-life balance? Um, and the reason why I said I think we started our conversation uh, this way, or it might have been off air. Um, it's kind of like we're like every, we're so inundated with information. Number one, in, in, just coming in where it's coming from our cell phones, on TV, just billboards, whatever it is, driving, and you know, and your you know whether you do routine maintenance to your car or not. There's lights flashing all over the place. It's just a lot of stimulus right and, and it's just Always. like yeah it's just something stimulus. it's just i mean uh, <laughs> how do you in saying all that how do you balance the you know the work life so work is that vision i or that imagery that i just gave you let's just say and then life has almost the same but it's just with a twist <laughs> and maybe a lot more love there but um how do you manage both to give you know their appropriate time 
sometimes I, I steal time from one or the other. Absolutely. Knowing that I'm doing it. Sure. And knowing that there, there's going to need to be some trade-off for sure. that. Uh, but I, I, I love that you said, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> if you did not catch that diamond, he just dropped right here. Kevin Coleman on the forever plus podcast, uh, well episode of the rotative views podcast, please rewind that right back and hit play again. Sorry to interrupt you, but that is a huge dime. I don't want people to miss. Yeah. So the trade off. Yeah, that is you awesome. Know, I, I know that when I'm sometimes taking a little bit of time out of my work day to choose to do something that might be a more personal thing, or sometimes I'm taking time out of my personal life to do something that's more of a work thing. Uh, I do it knowingly, I do it intentionally, but it's also because I'm, I'm fully committed to both. I love it. So I'm not giving up one or the other, but it's it's an awareness and it's a choice and i know that i'm giving up something to do this right now but i'm never doing it just because i feel like i have to or i'm getting pulled in that direction absolutely when we have to or we feel like we have to man that's not a way to go into anything mm-hmm. absolutely whether that's in your professional life at home with your spouse you know with your friends or whatever man i i got to go and help my buddy move that sofa oh, geez no, no no you get to go help your buddy move that sofa and then watch the game together or whatever Absolutely. it is but you know the trade-offs that i that i'm making um i'm always aware of it and it's always done with gratitude it's always done as just a part of my bigger picture in my own life and sometimes that means when i'm going to the gym and i go to do my workout i'll take the 15 minutes before i start the workout let me do a quick download. Make sure everything's running the way it needs to be. Are yeah. any quick calls that I need to make? Okay, fine. Or sometimes it means I'm, I am not missing my workout today, so I am going to leave the office a little bit early, get into my gym clothes, hit the gym, get the workout in, and then after the gym, I'm going to re-engage back into some work stuff for a little while. Absolutely. And that's okay. Absolutely. So it's not, I, I never worry quite as much about balance. I always just question, am I really fully engaged in both areas? Absolutely. And am I making a conscious decision in both areas? I love it. I love it. One of my biggest uh, learning lessons, mistakes, I I wouldn't say mistakes because, you know, it it was a a learning experience, was I felt that everything had to be so perfect. I had to give just an hour to working out and just an hour to mentorship and just two hours to, you know, my significant other, you know, and give my, I literally (laughs) broke my day down on a calendar. Right. Like I cringe thinking about that. Everything. Everything gets very 15 (laughs) minute increments there. Everything was on that thing. And oh my God, I get just nauseous thinking about that. Um, That was, but that was me genuinely trying to figure life out. I thought at one point in my life, I thought that that's what you had to do to get. Now, I will tell you, it did get me organized in a sense. Um, it just was not realistic on any level, uh, right? But but obviously, there's times where you do have to clock in and out of work, so to right. speak, right? right? So that's where it makes sense. But dude, I'm talking about like right after that in 15 minutes, right after, I am going to read for 15 minutes and right after that, and it just doesn't... Yeah, as long as you didn't hit traffic on the way <laughs> home, exactly. you're okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's the most unrealistic <laughs> schedule ever. I totally set myself up for failure, um, but then I learned. And it kind of, what you're saying, your approach, You have to consciously make decisions that are in good intention 
in your mind are good intention. It's not saying like, oh, I'm going to miss out on family time because, you know, I'm going to take that out on, you know, on them because they weren't here for me for X, Y, and Z. Or uh, I'm not I'm not staying after. There's this huge, massive IT project that's going, uh, it, you know, taking place. The company's going in a crisis, but, you know, you remember that um, they forgot to pay you last week for your holiday pay. And so you're going to take this out and you're just going to leave everyone hanging. Yeah, it just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. Things are going to happen. And you have to be able to be adaptable. You have to be able to uh, to adapt, not the world, because the world's going to keep doing what it's doing. Um, and and obviously you have to stay, you know, you know, organized to to an extent. But you have to be flexible. That is one of the biggest things that I screwed up so early in my life, trying to be perfect. Not me trying to be. I just wanted my day to be perfect. I thought that's how you become successful. I mean, that's the, the, the level I was at, how bad I wanted, because I literally thought that that's what you had to do. Well, I think there, there is an element, yeah, of, of, as we touched on a little bit earlier, of controlling your schedule to a point sure. to allow some productivity, but you also need gaps in it. You need yeah. the spaces in there that are not assigned in order to say, oh, wow, I've got an hour in between whether it's an appointment or an hour before I get home and I have this time to decompress so that when I'm walking in the door, now I'm not coming in fuming and being a bear for my wife to deal with. Exactly. I'm, I'm actually going to be an aware and a present husband and that helps our relationship better than walking in the door just fuming or, you know, if I'm home and my wife and I are trying to figure out what to do about something around the house and then that's on my mind and I go to the office and one of my salespeople comes to me with a question, why are you asking me a stupid question? Right, right, right. right. That doesn't work And either. they're just like, well, <laughs> that doesn't work. No, no. That's hilarious. Um, all right, that's awesome. So, so uh, is there any parting words you would like to say uh, for for our for our audience? Any anything that might help or encourage them um, in any way? There, there's a lot that I'd like to uh, to share, but I, I think I'm going to bring it to a, just a couple of uh, a touch points. Absolutely. Um, and each of these are things that uh, some quotes that I really appreciate. And they, there are things that have shown up in my life in different, different ways. Um, but the first is by a guy that actually died in the early seven, or late 1600s, right across the river in, in Burlington, New oh, Jersey. Wow. And he was, his name was Etne de Grelet. Okay. And he said, I shall pass through this life but once. Any good, therefore that I can do, let me do it now. For this way, I shall not pass again. Wow. So he knew the value, the true value of human life. Absolutely. And whatever it is he was trying to achieve, he knew that this is all I've got. Absolutely. And if I wake up today, I've got one more shot at it. Absolutely. Hmm. Start there, uh, and the other theme that I've that I've kind of developed with my salespeople, uh, I got really bored of the saying, "Think outside of the box," right, right. and get past your comfort zone. Which it's good, it's true, it's valuable. But I decided that there's more to that story, which is you're going to go and 
you know, think about a little kid who goes to the beach with their parents and they're trying to go and swim and the waves keep beating that little kid back. Right, right. In order for that little kid to really swim, they've got to get out past where the waves break. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's become my, my saying is get out past where the waves break. I love it. And there's a whole ocean out there. Mm-hmm. And that is where I'm headed in my life is I want to get out past where the waves break. I love it. That is huge. Awesome. That is huge. Think about that for every element of your life. <laughs> every element. Seriously. Yeah. Um, wow. Powerful. I love it. So you have anything else? Or you? That's, and this is just a fun one, but, you know, make no small plans for they hold no power to stir men's blood. And that was Daniel Burnham, who was an architect in the early 1900s. Wow. So these are some of the things that I always try and keep in mind day in and day out. Uh, And it it fills me with the spiritual fire to be able to go into the world and say, okay, I'm here for one more day. I'm going to go at it and I'm going to get roughed up and I know it. And I'm going to turn back around and I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to find that way to pivot from obstacle to opportunity every single day, whether it's in a small way or a large way. That's it. I love it. That's awesome. That is perfect. All right, so you guys heard it right there from the man himself. Um, all right, so we like to wrap things up with quotes ourselves, and the first one is by W.T. Perkiser. Not what we say about our blessings, but how we use them is a true measure of our thanksgiving. And the second one by Max Lucado. Gratitude lifts our eyes off the things we lack so we might see the blessings we possess. Amen. Forever blessed. In this episode, we have special guest Kevin Coleman. The crew talks about living an overall blessed life through faith, hard work, and gratitude. We cover topics that range from defeating the odds, teamwork, mindset, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from W.T. Perkiser and Max Licato. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed. <laughs>